Amen. Amen. As you just um, as they're taking up the offering, don't you want to turn your Bibles to Luke chapter eight? I think we're going to get there. Um, just want to encourage us uh, this morning that I'm, I've been stuck in uh, Psalm one, and um, and I really do feel there's a lot in Psalm one that God's wanting to speak over us as a church. But this past um, week, just in the time of prayer and fasting, as I was just praying and spending time in the Lord. Um, I listened actually to a message by Bill Johnson, so I cannot take credit this morning for basically what I want to share, but um, other than my thoughts mixed in with, but something that he dropped in and a truth that he shared just has grabbed hold of my heart. And I do feel for every single one of us would be an encouragement this morning and would strengthen us and help us um, as we're going forward into the things of God. And uh, there's just a couple of thoughts that I want to just start off with and then just see where that leads. But he shared something on, on, on Luke chapter 8, which I, I hope to deposit into every single one of us. Um, just as we finish off on a, on a, a week of prayer and fasting, um, we all know that um, Jesus moved 2,000, or God moved 2,000 years ago in sending his son, amen? And we don't get involved in prayer and fasting to move God. Because God has already moved, and when he moved, he gave everything he gave his son. Heaven came to earth. And, uh, and God has done everything, and the Bible tells us that we have everything that pertains to life and godliness. We already have been given it. Amen. So it's a, a, more about the conditioning of our hearts, of our lives, and positioning ourselves. And, uh, and what that means and that understanding. Um, so when we talk about, like, why fast and pray, and I want to start off with these, with these thoughts. The world that we live in, because we created beings, our createdness strongly connects us to this earth. And the natural realm, friends, our five senses make this natural realm real and alive. Amen. Remembering that right in the very beginning in Genesis chapter 2, when God formed and created man, He created him from this earth. He formed him and created him from the dust. After He had formed and created him from the dust, He breathed inside of him and He became a living being. There was a createdness and then there was eternity. There was a created being and there was God. In the createdness, he breathed inside of him his breath. Got to understand this. This is important. When he breathed inside his createdness, when he breathed inside his breath, he became a living being. Friends, inside of every single one of you, you and me inside of you is a living reality of eternity. This flesh that you see will go to the ground, but there's a living eternity inside of me, and it's what sustains you and I. Said another way, if you want to say it like this, is in Hebrews chapter 1, verses 3, it talks about that Jesus is the radiance of his glory, the exact imprint of his nature, and by his very the the power, the 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 the, the universe is upheld by the word of his power. It's very importantly said like that. The Bible doesn't make any mistakes and it puts things in its exact right place. Not one single jot or tittle is out of place. That means we cross the I's and the T's and everything and everything is said exactly the way God wanted. It's the word of his power. See, God's power is immeasurable and powerful and wonderful, but there's a declaration of the word that relates to his power that upholds everything that you see. You and I are upheld because God's word 
God's breath. How many know that when God's word, when God speaks, it's coming through a voice box? It's just his breath. That when he breathes, friends, he breathes inside of man. That's an eternal part of you and I. And there's the createdness, friends. And our createdness relates to this realm. But the breath of God inside of you and I relates to another realm. So we live life and we go through life and we're living in this realm related to this realm, friends. But what connects us to the other realm? You see, and if we're not connecting with the other realm, if we're not building with the other realm, if we're not developing and maturing with the other realm, friends, then our life is consumed with what we see. So in a lot of churches today, friends, when the congregation comes in, they only know how to connect in the realm that they see. So when we get bands to come and stand and and sing songs, we're connecting to the realm that we can see. So we'll sing songs that make me feel goosebumps. But not realms that connect me with a living God into another realm that I cannot see. Songs that just bring deliverance and victory that release me and bring freedom out of the connectedness of this realm that connect me in to Him in the realm that I belong, friends. The Bible says we're strangers, we're aliens, friends. Do you feel strange and alienated on this planet? You should. It's not your planet. And you might be sitting there this morning thinking, this guy is from another planet. And the truth is I am. I'm sojourning here. I'm an alien. And I'm foreign to you. You need to get connected to that other realm. You get to know him. Woo. Can you feel him? So friends, we fast and we pray so that we can be connected to that other realm so that our lives are not lived about what we see but they lived about what we can't see friends the challenge with our faith is not our difficulty or inability to hear God's voice but our willingness to hear other voices. The challenge with our faith is not our difficulty or inability to hear God's voice. You see, God's voice coming from another realm. So as the people of God, we go, we need to fast and pray because I can't hear God's voice. I, 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 I don't even know when he's talking. It's, it's very hard to hear God's voice. The challenge of our faith is not our inability to hear God's voice. 
It's our willingness to hear other voices. See, there are many voices, many opinions, trains of thought, ideologies that are competing for our affection. They're competing for our attention and ultimately our obedience. See, the one that you do, that's the one that shows your love and your affection and that you value. See, whenever God does a miracle, a healing, a financial miracle, a relationship restored, He's always trying to anchor our affections to the world that we cannot see. It's very quiet in this Presbyterian church this morning. It's really quiet. You see, when, when we have a healing line, Jane comes to the front, when we pray for Graham now for his shoulder this morning, we're praying to a God we cannot see. We're praying in the natural, something supernatural that's unseen comes, breaks into the seen realm, touches his shoulder, heals his shoulder, and what God's trying to do is trying to tell us and connect us to the unseen realm, to an understanding of that realm, and to train us and equip us that that realm is superior to this realm. Church, everything that we do in the miraculous and the things, all that God's trying to do is He's trying to connect us to home. In fact, He wants us to feel at home when we connect it. He's awakening our affections for a world we cannot see. He's teaching us, He is training us on the superiority of the unseen. If you want something of uh, a biblical reference for that, the Apostle Paul alluded to this in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18, when he said, what you can't see is eternal, and what you can see is temporary. Friends, we dare not live life the other way around. We live life like what we see, friends, is permanent. And the unseen is just temporary. I'll drift in and I'll connect temporarily because that's temporary, but this is what's important. Friends, the unseen is what's important. It's what's eternal. Here today, gone tomorrow. When I'm gone tomorrow, where am I gone? And as the people of God, we should be the ones that understand this, friends. When God breathed inside of Adam and Eve, He made them a living creature. But when Jesus came down, friends, He became a life-giving spirit. And you and I, as life-giving spirits, friends, have the ability to take and transact from the unseen realm, bring it into the seen realm, friends, and release a life-giving anointing, release a life-giving spirit into what Connor was singing, friends. We've been called into an alien planet. It's a desert, friends. And the living waters... They come forth from my life. Come and bring streams into that desert. And they change the environment to look more like heaven. See, there's no desert in heaven. 
There's just streams of life. There's just uh, green and there are, there's just beauty. There's just lavishness, friends. And I have the ability to come because I'm transacting from another realm. As the people of God this morning, if we can't transact from that other realm, friends, See, the reality is, friends, is that these two realms are, were meant to partner and work together. And they did before Adam and Eve sinned. They were not meant to be in conflict with one another. They were in conflict with one another right now, but they ne were never meant to be, friends. See, the realm of the, the, the natural realm, friend, was, not, is, was never meant to be evil and the spiritual realm good. And they just clashed, friends. They were always partnering with one another when God created Adam and Eve, they partnered together the two realms. And so we live in that dispensation right now where we're partnering together and bringing life. That's why Jesus could say, repent, change the way you think. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's right there. You can grab hold of it and partner with the kingdom. Let me give you a simple illustration. It might help in understanding. Just think about Israel. Just think about Israel and God tells him that I want you to have a Sabbath. Six days you work and one day you do nothing. I'm calling it the Sabbath. You just rest. Now hold on a minute. There's seven days. If you're going to give me seven days, I'm going to work seven days. No, no, you don't work seven days. Work six days and one day you don't do anything. Well, I'm going to lose a day's wages. I'm going to do, lose a day's effectiveness, a day's... No. You're going to let the unseen realm breathe onto the seen realm. You're going to let the seen realm lie fallow. You're going to work six years, and in the seventh year, you're going to not work. I'm using an example. I know everyone's going to go, amen, thank God. Okay, well, let me work it out now. The seventh year, I'm going to do nothing. Jesus has become our Sabbath, but I'm just giving you an illustration about Israel. With Israel, he says, you're going to work six years, and then you're going to stop working in the seventh year. Tells the farmers, you're not going to plant anything. You're going to leave the ground fallow. Really? What are we going to do then? How are we going to eat? So tell you what's going to happen. I'm going to provide. I'm going to let the unseen breathe on the scene. I'm going to let the unseen breathe on your crops. I'm going to let the sixth year give you three times what it normally does. So that you can eat for the sixth year and the seventh year and the eighth year because in the next year you're going to be planting. Only the end of the year you're going to get your harvest for that year. So I'm going to, I'm going to multiply your crops. So if you will just leave your, your land for one whole year and do nothing on the land, I will sustain you. So guess what Israel did? They worked for seven years. So get what God said. All right, if you want to work during that time, I'm going to cause Assyria 
And the Syrians and the Babylonians come take you away to captivity and I'm going to let the land lie fallow anyway. It's in your Bible. Read it. The land is going to lie fallow, friends. So since I've taken up the offering, let me, let me whack the tithe. Tithe's got to do with your heart. You allow God to breathe. You allow the unseen to breathe on the scene. That's why it's called the first fruit. You say, Lord, six days I work on the seventh. I'm not going to touch. I'm not going to work. I trust you. I'm going to allow you to breathe on that, and then you're going to bless the whole. Seven year, six years I'm going to work whatever, and the seventh year I'm just going to Leave it fallow, I'm not going to work whatever, and you're just going to breathe on it, and you're going to cause me to have an abundance. I'm not going to touch that tree, it doesn't belong to me. I'm going to leave that tree, I'm going to give it to you, I'm going to honor you, I'm going to let it lie fallow. I'm going to give you my tithe, and I'm going to let you breathe on the 90%. That was all exciting, went down well, okay. Praise God, we've got some amens in the front. Awesome. Friends, we can say it like this. Hope and hopelessness are both contagious. Faith and fear are both contagious. Joy and sadness are both contagious. You decide on what kind of influence you want to have on the world around you. You can let the unseen breathe on the scene, or you can let the scene merrily breathe fumes. See, faith comes from hearing God's voice. Amen? So if you're sitting here today and say, I don't really hear God's voice, are you saved? Because if you're saved, you must have heard God's voice. Because to get saved, you need faith. And faith comes by hearing the voice of God. When God broke into your heart and life and you realize, I'm a sinner. I need you, Jesus, my life. I've, I've just been living another life and I just want to come back to you. I know and I, I realize now that I'm a lost son. It takes faith, friends. And that's called hearing the voice of God. So maybe this morning I just want to say this. Instead of emphasizing our ability to, or our inability to hear, how about why don't we emphasize God's ability to be heard? He is God. I was chatting with my son the other day. We were just chatting about things. We are talking about the millennials, talking about this current generation that we're journeying and just... The differences. Now we journey this, and we were just talking about. Well, it appears that there's a generation that kind of say, "Well, I, I, I don't, I can't really hear God." And I said, "Let's journey that a little bit. Let's just think about that. God's not a God, friends. He comes and he goes. Here we go. Well, oh, ah, <laughs> uh, yeah." 
I said, he's not a God who says, I said, come. We think it's a trick. He's sitting there and he's going, I wonder if they heard me. I wonder. Let me sneak in another word. Or See, friends, if, if you and I, if I'm talking to Jane, and I love this because Casey was a best example of all my kids of this. When Casey came and started to talk to me, Casey would go, Daddy, this, that, and the other, and I'd be talking away, going, yeah, no, and she'd, Daddy, 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 and she'd grab my head. Daddy. And I'd go, yes. Or she'd do. <laughs> I'd go, what are you doing? Thank you. Daddy, I want to say something. If you're talking to someone who has a difficult time hearing you, you raise your voice. You get their attention somehow. You do something to make sure you're heard. Right? You take the responsibility to be heard. It's only a hurting, broken person who's journeying in this world that's all messed up, friends, whatever, that might just go, I'll oh, stick you. You're not hearing me or whatever. But most people, they take responsibility. I want to be heard. Hey, excuse me. Can I be heard? If we can do that, how much more our father? Friends, he wants to get our attention. He gets our attention. He will do certain things that suddenly make me, don't you wonder? Oh, I'm having life. It's so awesome. Whatever. It's so great. Yeah, everything's going great. Suddenly, bam, something hits me. And I go, oh, dear God, Lord. He's got my attention, hasn't he? See, God is able to get our attention, able to be heard. The issue is not our ability as much as it is our willingness. See, the greatest enemy in many ways of our heart is our busyness. And let me clear this up and get this categorically clear so that everybody understands this. When I say busyness, friends, I don't mean a full schedule. I don't mean Marae having 17 clients and working till 10 o'clock at night. That's not the business God's talking about. There was nobody with a, be- a busier schedule than Jesus. He was very busy. Friends, when you're actually causing the lame to walk and the dead to come out of coffins and people, everybody is getting healed around you, you've got a busy schedule. People are surrounding you. People are coming from all over the place. and they, They're trying to see where he is. They're jumping in their boats. They're rushing there. Where is he? I saw him going. They're rushing. He, that, that guy was busy. Right? See, we're not talking about a busy schedule, friends. We're talking about a busyness in the heart. See, it can be loud outside, but it can't be loud inside. There are so many ways that the Lord talks, and sometimes He uses words. Friends, we have to take care of the inside so that we can hear the still, small voice. Our life depends on his voice. See, the church, a large part of the church doesn't understand that. That their very life depends on his voice. And his voice never contradicts his word. But his voice, it's his voice that makes his word come alive. His voice activates what's on this page and makes it flesh. 
Matthew 4 verse 4, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth, the voice of God. Everything that surrounds you is upheld by His voice. I was created and breathed on by His voice. Everything works by His voice. My life is by His voice. So two critical things for us as the people of God. One, we need to hear His voice continually to live. Don't you love you gather around people or Christians and they go, yeah, you should have seen 1976, powerful year. God spoke to me. He told me to go there. And, and since 1976... But we live continually by His voice. So the first one, we need to hear His voice continually to live. And number two, we need to protect the peace in our hearts so that we can hear His voice. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So if we have devotion to this Word then it will stop us being misled by other voices. Right? Simple. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word. If we devote ourselves to the Word, then we'll be misled very little. If we don't devote ourselves to the Word, so we're going to go to Luke 8, I think. Let's go to Luke 8. Luke 8 is a story about the um, sower. The sower that's sowing some seed into some soil. So there's a sower, there's seed, and there's soil, right? Should all know this one. Uh, Matthew chapter 13 is the more fuller version, gives you the full thing. But the Bible says something very interesting. It says, if you understand this parable, then you understand everything. This parable is very key in your life. If you want to know everything, you want to understand the Bible, you've got to understand this parable. So we know the, the, the sower goes and he's sowing a whole bunch of seed, right? And uh, some seed falls on um, stony paths or, and some seed falls on rocky ground. Some falls with his thorns. Some uh, falls on good soil. And so I want us to just kind of unravel that a little bit this morning and see. Okay, so we understand and we know that the seed is God's word. It's what God says to us, right? So he sows a seed by what he says to us. And let's just understand what the seed is. This seed, friends, if you take a seed today, if I had a, 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 a kernel of, of, of maize or of wheat or whatever it was, a little kernel, friends, if I take that thing and, I, and it dies, I plant it in the ground, then what comes up? The very DNA and the life that's in that seed is what comes up. And when it comes up, friends, what happens is that stalk and that ear of, of wheat, as it comes up, friends, and as it forms cobs, every single one of those kernels in that cob has exactly the same DNA as the seed that was in the ground, right? This is not rocket science. I'm just giving you a quick lesson on farming. The reality is, friends, a kernel of wheat came from heaven and came to this earth and it died. 
And when it died and it rose again, friends, it released a spirit that has exactly the same DNA. Follow my train of thought. I'll try and pull it all together. In James chapter 1, verse 21, it says, humility, In humility receive the word implanted, which is able to save your souls. In humility receive the word that's implanted. Humility, friends, is the soil. So when you take that seed, you've got to receive it in good soil, in humility, friends, and it's able to save your souls. How many know in James that he's not talking to unbelievers? He's talking to saved people. So he's not talking about salvation here. He's talking about a transformed life. He's talking about the Word of God. The Word of God, friends, that died and that rose again and now has become alive in every single one of you and I. The Word of God that goes forth like a seed, friends, and as it goes forth like a seed, friends, when it's planted and it's able to save your souls, transform your life, change your environment. So when we're talking about a seed, obviously something very important is the soil. Just to drop this out, sometimes God gives us things in seed form, and we're looking for it in harvest form. So we take the seed and we throw it out, friends. When the seed, friends, left inside of it, it has the power for you to have the harvest. See, the reality is the Holy Spirit takes the seed and He's the one who plants it in our heart. But how many know, if you're good gardeners or if you love vegetable gardens or whatever and you love to plant things, how many know that it doesn't matter how powerful the seed is, the crop that you get is based on the soil. I can take a very good seed and I go plant it in the desert and I get a very good seed and put it in in uh, compost and, and all of that and watch the different... It doesn't change the power that's inside the seed. This isn't major uh, agriculture. This is agriculture 101, right? Okay. The seed has all the power, but the condition of the soil determines what harvests. So let's just look at, uh, at uh, Luke chapter 8, and let's just quickly go to verse 14. Now, we know in verse 14, he's not talking about the hard hearts or hard ground, because we saw that earlier on. You can read it for yourself. I'm just for the sake of time. Let's just jump to verse 14. It says this, And as for what fell among the thorns, there are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. See, the challenge here is the seed goes into the ground, but in that ground, there are thorns. How many know where a thorn comes from? I'll just quickly, for short, and not for you to pop a vein, uh, comes from a seed. 
So it goes into the ground, and when it goes into the ground, there are other seeds in the same ground. They're thorns. I have to keep going until the light's gone. He's referring to soil that takes in many seeds. So we receive the word of God, but we're also receiving this other word, this other plan, this other option. So God speaks and I receive his word. He says, go left and go there to the wall, but I receive this other plan. Why do you have to go left? You know what? I've seen guys. It's fantastic. If you just jump, and you grab that, you can swing. No, no, don't worry about swinging. Let me tell you about this new fad that's going on now. Just let two oaks carry you, and you don't have to worry. And no, 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 there's an, you know what I saw on TV? You know what I Googled? A whole lot of seeds in the same ground, friends. And a whole lot of thorns. And one life-giving word. You see, the problem is, if we give ourselves to the other voices, what happens with the other seeds and the thorns, they start to compete. How many know if you plant a whole bunch of stuff, that's why they tell you, just so you know, for gardening again, I'm giving you such a gardening lesson this morning, it's incredible. You guys should go out now and just plant gardens or veggies. They'll tell you 20 centimeters apart and everything, because so that they know that when you plant the cabbage and then you plant another cabbage, then they know that give it 20, 30 centimeters and it doesn't compete. But friends, when you plant that seed in amongst a whole bunch of other seeds, they all start competing. They start competing for the nutrients in the soil, and they start competing for the sunlight. They start competing for attention. They start competing for the limelight. And when that happens, friends, the Bible says, and that seed of God is choked. And it's choked by the cares of this world. And by riches and by pleasures. Let me just touch quickly this morning on cares. When you study that word in the Greek, the word cares, do you know what it means? It means divided mind. It's a divided mind. In uh, James chapter 1, verse 8, if you want, God's talking there and he says, when you ask, you must ask by faith. Do not doubt. If you doubt, you're like a wave that's tossed to and fro by the winds. He says, do not think that you will receive anything from the Lord. You're a double-minded man, unstable in all your ways. Wow. That's quite scary. He said, ask in faith. He's talking to believers. He's saying, ask in faith. Don't doubt. If you doubt, don't think that you will receive anything from the Lord. There's a whole bunch of Christians that are going around asking the Lord for things in doubt and then blaming God because they're not receiving. Oh. Friends, he's asking us. He's saying, these cares, this Divided mind, friends, is strangling the word of God. 
We can't have a divided mind, friends. We can't ask in doubt. We have to ask in faith. We have to ask believing. We have to ask trusting. In Matthew 6, 22 is my favorite scripture. I'm going to use it again in another little way where it talks about if your eye is single, the whole body is full of light. Do you know that word single? When your eye is single, that, 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 that word actually means the number one and it means journey. When your eye is single, when you have one journey, one plan, one vision, then your whole body is full, illuminated by the power and presence of God. When you have one journey and one focus, friends, then God's life comes and fills you and now enables you for that seed to germinate and bring forth its harvest. How many know, let me just say this very quickly, how many know that God is fairly wealthy? Okay, it seems we've got a very quiet church this morning. God is very wealthy, extremely wealthy, abundantly over and above and beyond wealthy. And also the Bible says, I just read it this morning, He, has, he is the King of pleasures, right? The pleasures forevermore at His right hand. So the issue is not riches and pleasures. The issue is the place that it has in your and my heart. It's a heart issue, right? See, whenever my attention is turned from seeking first the kingdom to the reward of breakthrough, the reward of blessing, the reward of abundance, and then I make that my goal, friends, I have sown into that which will now choke the word for the next season. I can say it in another way which might help as well. Said this way, there is so much of what the Lordship of Jesus Christ provides that it's so easy to make what he provides as the focus instead of the Lordship of Jesus. How many know if we are to build on the Lordship of Jesus our lives, how many know that inside of that is provision and abundance? Jesus said, I came to give you life, and I came to give it to you more abundantly. So in the provision of the Lordship of Jesus Christ is abundance, right? But how many know we clearly can see that you can go after abundance without the Lordship of Jesus Christ? But I want to tell you this morning that if you go after abundance without the Lordship of Jesus Christ, that will curb, and that will hinder, and that will stop your service to the Lord. And that will choke the Word of God, and that you will not be able to walk into the fullness of the harvest of what He wants for you in the, to the next season. You see, the challenge, friends, is we can so easily go from a person with an affection, a hunger, an appetite for the unseen to a person who begins to prioritize what they can see. It's why we fast and pray. It's why it's a lifestyle. You can so easily go from a person that's hungering and thirsting and has such an appetite for the unseen to a person that begins to prioritize what they can see. Because this thing, we're locked into this thing, friends. It's, it's all around us. It's part of us. Our five senses. It's this vehicle that he gave us. It's how it operates. When you read the manual, that's how it does. And I sit there and I operate. But there's a person sitting next to me in the seats. And if I concentrate on the car and don't concentrate on them, I don't have a good marriage. 
That was just a deja vu moment. I just thought, yeah. The last thing my wife wants me to do is tell her about the cough. She wants me to talk to her. She wants me to have a conversation. I'm just sitting there. Wow, wow. Have you seen this thing? Wow, look what it can do. Gee, it's got a four by four. You just have to push this button. You do this. And you say, oh, shit. I don't give a torches about the car. As long as it takes us from A to B, I want to talk to you. How are you doing? What's happening? What's the life? And we're sitting there with our five senses. Woo! What we can see in God's game. Just my word. Woof. Talk to me. See, the challenge is right now in the season that we're in, God's allowed us to have a voice that it can affect the seed of God. That's crazy. In Mark 7, verse 13, it says, The traditions of men nullified the word of God. Wow. Inside of the word of God is all the power, immeasurable power to achieve everything that the seed carries, and yet we can nullify that seed just for the season. Wow. There's a lot of power, friends, sitting inside of you and I and the soil of our hearts and lives. And I'm stirred up and I'm encouraged and I'm saying we fasted and prayed because we are stirring up that soil so that that seed, the full DNA of that seed can come forth. Stay with me because I'm landing. If you're still in Luke chapter 8, just quickly go to uh, verse 16. Well, let's... No, let's go to verse 18 straight away. Let me just do that for you quickly, if I can read it. It says, Take care then how you hear, for to the one who has, more will be given, and from the one who has not, even what he thinks he has, will be taken away. Take heed then how you hear. It's talking about how we hear the voice, the voice of the Lord. It says, To the one who has, more will be given. What is that saying to me? It implies we obtain increase through hearing. Whoever has, more will be given. Did you get that? It implies that increase comes through hearing. How we hear, friends, the soil of our hearts, humility is a great compost for the Word of God. And then anything you value in your heart attracts more of the same. That which you have, I'm going to give you even more, friends. Friends, and it works in both realms. How many of you know when you contagiously, by, you believe by faith and you're trusting the Lord and you just, ah, oh, power of God, you attract people, they just come and they go, yeah, the faith guys all gathered together. Woo! And let's go for it. And then you've got Susie. He's busy. You know what happened to John? So naughty. This is what happened. And suddenly all the gossipers gather. <laughs> Works in both realms. Because it's a promise. Let's quickly turn to John chapter 16. I am, I am landing, I promise. I've made a promise, so I have to land now. John chapter 16, we'll just quickly read verse 12. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot hear them now. 
and you cannot bear them now. Friends, let me ask you a simple thing. If you've got the cares, if you've got other seeds in your soil, if you've got a divided mind, friends, when weight comes along and puts pressure on a divided mind, what happens? When weight comes along on a crack, friends, what happens to the crack? It widens, right? So the weightier things of God, he says, yeah, there's so much that I want to tell you, but you can't bear them now. I want to give you, there's so much, I just, there's so, it's so wonderful. I want to give it to you, but it's not because I'm withholding, friends. It's because he's saying I'm protecting you. Because if I put that weight on top of you and you've got a divided mind, it's just going to open even further. The cares, friends, they choke. We have to get rid of the cares. We have to have a, a, a mind that's single. See, every time Jesus talks, he is transferring from that realm into this realm. Let me help you understand that. Jesus, the Son of God, the darling of heaven, whose word is upholding everything, who is the inheritor of everything, friends, lays that all down. He lays it down and he comes to earth and becomes a man, the son of man, and re-inherits everything as the son of man. Now that he's inherited everything as the son of man, he says, it is better for you and I if I go, because when I go, then I can send the helper. See, the word of God became flesh. But now, Jesus, John chapter 6, verse 63, it says, my words are spirit and life. So now Jesus, the word, becomes flesh. He gets all of the inheritance back as the son of man, the first fruits, as our big brother. And now he sends Holy Spirit. And he says in John chapter 16, he says, the Holy Spirit will take what's mine and give it to you. will declare it to you, make known to you. The Holy Spirit, friends, is taking our inheritance. It's accessing that realm. And it's bringing it because that's our inheritance as the Son of Man. Christ's inheritance is now our inheritance. He's our older brother. We are co-heirs of this inheritance. The Holy Spirit accesses that and brings it into this realm, into our lives. And it comes in seed form. land. I want to encourage us this morning. The reason why we come to times like this, the reason why we gather together, because it's really good to have a party with people from the same realm. Now, the, the earth tries really hard to, to do the same. Gathers together nationalities. We're all going to have this kind of a party. Or we're all going to smoke something and go to another place together. But I want to tell you, it's all this natural realm. 
Well, we come from another realm. So we gather together, friends, so that we can access that realm, so we can learn how to be people of another realm. And we have Holy Spirit who divinely enables us and accesses into that realm and brings forth our inheritance into this realm. And our responsibility is the soil. And as it comes and as it's implanted into me and into this, that word now is divinely able to become flesh and then to be fleshed out in my life, transforming, able to save us transforming my situation. The word of truth, friends, just use a simple analogy. By Jesus' stripes, we are healed. It's our inheritance. Jesus paid the price. He died on the cross for our healing. The Holy Spirit accesses our inheritance. He brings that inheritance, friends. He brings it into my heart, into that soil of humility, into that soil of a fixed focused, single mind of a mind of faith and not of doubt. It brings it into that soil, friends, which causes it to germinate. And as it germinates, it causes it to grow and to flourish, friends, and to rush to my shoulder. The unseen realm begins to manifest into this realm. The unseen realm begins to uh, uh, shine and show forth. It's power, it's authority, it's dominion. And it begins to transform our lives. And then we become the testimony. And then as it grows, friends, as I said, what we value, we get more. Be careful how you hear. Jesus said, follow me. You know the best way to follow somebody? Just keep talking. You can hear their voice. I want to encourage you here today. God is not hiding. God is not keeping quiet. God is speaking all the time. And it's not hard to hear His voice. The reality is how many other voices are you allowing to speak? How many other voices are loud inside of us? Jesus had a full program. Jesus had a full life, a busyness, but he, he stepped aside, friends, to make sure that he kept that peace inside of his heart so that he could hear the still, small voice. I only do what my Father tells me to do. Shall we stand? Following God's voice. Following God's voice. Father, I want to pray for us this morning. Just for two minutes, let's just open our hearts. Two minutes, let's open our hearts. Lord, I've said a lot, it's been a long service. But it's too important to just rush through this last bit. As we stand before you as your children this morning, we open our hearts. Right now, I know every single one of you can stand before the Lord. You're not standing before me, you stand before the Lord. 
You can hide things from people, but you can never hide anything from God. You might be facing situations, circumstances. You might be in a situation. You might be dealing with things right now in your life. I want to challenge you right now. I want to ask you how many other seeds have you allowed in the soil of your heart? How many other voices have you allowed to speak? Friends, I want to use a silly analogy, but I want to use it because it all applies to every single one of our lives. I want to say you might be standing here today or just think about this and that you have no finances. But you do have a credit card. Friends, you can take your credit card and you can buy some food and you can trust the Lord to pay back your credit card. Or you can cut your credit card up and you can pray and believe that God can provide you food. One is called faith, another one's called a thorn. It chokes the word of God. Whatever you're facing this morning, I just ask you humbly Don't try and deal with it with a divided mind. Deal with it with a single eye. Can you imagine what Israel had to go through? Can you imagine as farmers to not work a whole day? You say, yeah, no, we're used to Sundays. No, just look what the world is doing at the moment. Seven days a week, working. Can you imagine a farmer that works so hard for six years and then for a whole year does nothing and leaves his land fallow? Can you imagine what it, that must be like, friends? It's called trust in the Lord and lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge Him in all of your ways and He will make your paths straight. Father, I pray today, Lord God, that as a people we would begin to trust in the Lord. Father, I ask for us right now that we would repent. I repent. We repent as a people, Father, for arrogance and pride that's allowed other voices and other thoughts and other cleverness and wonderful fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil to take root in our hearts and lives as a way that seems right to a man but it leads to death it looks really nice Lord but when it grows up it's a thorn and it chokes your word and your word has the very DNA and life of God to achieve everything that it needs to when God spoke over your life and when he said let there be then there was when God's seed is planted in our hearts and life, when God's voice is heard and received into our lives, it has all the DNA of God to accomplish what He said. I ask, Father, that we would tend to our soil and our hearts, that we would give Your Word its rightful place in our hearts, because the good soil rendered 30, 60, and 100-fold return. 
We want to be a people that render 30, 60, and 100 fold, but particularly 100 fold return. Be careful how we hear. Lord, help us to be hearers. Not just hearers, but also doers, followers. That when you speak, Lord, it requires a response. It requires you to hear what's being said, and then it requires a response. Follow. So I just pray this morning, Lord God, for every single person here. There's such wonderful, weighty things that, God, you want to speak to us about. We want to be a people that can bear it. We want to hear your thoughts, your ideas, your designs, your plans. So will you help us, Lord, right now? We humbly lay our soil of our hearts before you. We ask, Lord God, that you would do a gardening work, a surgery work on our soil, Lord God. Because we thank you today that we're sheep and the sheep know the shepherd's voice. Lord, we have an amazing ability to hear your voice. Thank you for your peace, Lord God, that comes into our hearts and lives so that we can hear that still small voice. Because, Lord God, we want to live. We want to be life-giving spirits. We want to transform our life and the lives around us through the living word and voice of God. In Jesus' name, will you do it right now by the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord? And will you not stop until you have finished the work? He who begun a good work will bring it to completion. And will you seal it right now by your Holy Spirit, I pray, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.